welcome to Blades Pod. My name is Ben. It is Monday the 30th of July. Uh, joining me this week, I've got Jay, aka Blades Analytics, who I'm sure you all know by now. Uh, we're going to talk about Sheffield United, of course, and uh, recent kind of news around the club. Uh, and then we're going to attempt to predict the position of all 24 championship teams to kind of give you a bit of a preview of uh, each team's season, how we expect it to go, uh, who the key players might be for each team, and also the ins and outs of each squad as well. Now, originally, we uh, we recorded the bulk of this on Friday, and then we had to uh, we ran out of time and had to wrap it up today. So there's a few things that have kind of gone through in the last few days, but I don't think they change our kind of feelings on those particular teams too much. So the ones I'm thinking about is uh, the, the Vidra move to Leeds from Derby has reportedly collapsed. Um, Leeds did sign Barry Douglas, which is something that we talked about as well, and also Swansea is selling Alfie Mawson, the central defender. So a few moves have kind of gone on before we, uh, sorry, after we start recording. But as I say, I don't think it affects our predictions too much. So yeah, thank you for tuning in and downloading this. And uh, we will now hit you with our predictions. Joined now by Jay, aka Blades Analytics. Hello, mate. How are you doing? I am very well. I'm excited. A week to go. Yeah, it is literally a week, isn't it? It all kicks off on uh, next Friday with uh, I think it's Reading Derby in it, which is a an interesting yep. game with uh, with Lampard, etc. We'll, we'll come on to some more details about that later on, I suppose. But um, yeah, so today we're going to talk a little bit about Sheffield United, of course, uh, and then we're going to try and predict the Championship League table in the in the back half of the podcast. Um, I guess before we start, though, uh, should we should we talk briefly about our uh, our collaborative project, which we can now announce? We should definitely. We should. Okay, so um, we talked about on this podcast uh, in the past about how both of us wanted to do more written content to go along with uh, with the, the chats that we're recording for this. Obviously, we've done a little bit of that kind of on the side for various outlets already. But we thought it was probably about time to uh, try and launch our own site to talk about United from an analytical point of view, give our own opinions and thoughts, kind of the stuff you get on this podcast, I guess. And uh, yeah, I'm very pleased to announce that that website is now live and you can go and check out all our stuff. It's called uptheblades.com. Nice, easy to remember name there, I hope. Um, and yeah, we've already got some content on there. Uh, Jay, I know you've broken down... Um, the debate about uh, who should start between George Baldock and Kieran Freeman as a right wing back. Uh, I've written some stuff um, that's like my five big questions going into the new season for United. Uh, I've also got my conclusions from the Inter-Friendly on there as well and an interview uh, I did with uh, footballlab.com earlier this week. So yeah, this is going to be the home for uh, all I guess analysis, interesting stuff. I hope about Sheffield United for this season and maybe seasons beyond as well. And uh, yeah, very excited to get started with it. Anything you want to uh, add on top of that, mate? Yeah, just that it's certainly yourself has put a lot of painstaking effort into this. So the more people that not just view it but read the stuff, feedback to us, whether you agree, disagree, your points, arguments, your opinions, you know, and shares. It all matters to me and you more than anything. Um, you know, we do this because we love it and for the time of it, and we want to do something like this. But at the same time, we get feedback of any type. It just helps us to know that people are actually interested. So, as much feedback as we can get when you go on the website um, and we get when we get the links out there and any of the individual content on there. Your piece is fantastic on the five kind of pieces from United in terms of what we can do this year, what's coming up, and things to look out for. It's a really good piece that is, um, and it breaks down some really key points of last year and breaking summarizing them really well into how they might translate this year so i would advise anyone to give that a read while we are trying to get through the next week of non-football related days exactly we've got it out there just in time for the new season so um yeah it's uptheblades.com please go and check it out please uh tweet about it send it to your friends and uh yeah i hope you hope you enjoy it we've enjoyed putting together that initial content and i'm sure we'll enjoy it a lot more through the season as well all right, let us talk a little bit about Sheffield United then uh, before we go on to talk championship. So, I guess the the sort of the big news um, as it stands is we may not sign Martin Waghorn. Maybe we will sign Martin Waghorn. It's still still a bit up in the air. I think the latest is that our uh, our original bid is still on the table. 
and no one else has actually bid for him yet. It's just rumours that Derby or someone are going to come in there. So, um, yeah, any, any thoughts on this? Is this something you think might actually happen or do you think it, we may need to look elsewhere now? It depends what media outlet you want to trust. Um, there, is, there is a very good East Midlands reporter I think people saw on Twitter. It got retweeted a lot within their Twitter blades kind of hashtag and it was summarising the situation quite well, which is, as you've just stated there, our bid is the only official bid on the table. However, Waggon was left out of a friendly post our bid around the Derby interest time. Um, when our bid went in, he did play for them and he played 90 minutes and looked happy. Not saying that just means he doesn't want to come to us. He just meant that Hurst was playing him. And around the Derby interest time, he was left out and apparently told uh, Ipswich he wanted to leave and hasn't played in a friendly since. So, not really sure what's happening in terms of that, if that means Waggle wants to go or not. Um, apparently, there is interest from Derby. I think on the sly, things may have been agreed with player and agent. The problem is going to be Derby actually having the funds to do so, and that's probably reliant on the Vidra sale. Mm. In terms of us, at that price, I would say walk away, even if we had the money. Mm. Um, uh, a 28, soon to be 29-year-old with a record that was not magnificent until last year, where he was magnificent, at £8 million. Regardless of the structure, that deal is not worth it for us. Um, especially when he doesn't add too much pace or dynamism, which is what we clearly lack. I would rather we bought in two or three players who are a little bit more varied and try to share the action around rather than one player of that for £8 million. That, That's kind of my opinion on it. Yeah. No, I'm um, <clears throat> excuse me, very much with you, mate. Um, I mean, you know, I wrote about uh, a friendly with Inter earlier in the week, and uh, whilst it's difficult to, to sort of draw too many conclusions from a friendly, I mean, that did kind of uh, reiterate to me that we, you know, as a team, we're, we're very neat and tidy, we keep the ball well, we do work it into good areas, but we're, we are still lacking that, you know, the, the bit of pace in most areas of the team, a bit of dynamism and kind of creativity that, you know, Brooks had and Duffy has to an extent, but, you know, there's kind of fitness issues with him, so... Yeah, I completely agree. Waggon, I think, would be a very good signing, but it does get to the point where, yeah, it becomes just not worthwhile for Sheffield United, I guess. And, uh, you know, yeah. it doesn't solve all the problems that we, that we currently have in the way that John Egan theoretically will. You know, we've, we've talked about how, you know, we had that, that big weakness in terms of a sort of um, aerial duels at the back, and that really cost us towards the end of last season. And he theoretically should address that. And it's harder to say that Waghorn is the exact player that will instantly solve a problem that we currently have in our team. So, yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you on that one. Um, I guess the other little bit of news is uh, Simon Moore is not going to West Brom, which made me question where on earth that rumour came from. Simon Moore has signed a new contract with United. Uh, he's clearly very happy with the situation here, even if um, even if he starts the season on the bench, as I think he probably will. I, I feel that's why we've brought Henderson in to be the number one. Um, but still, it's uh, you know that, that feels quite uh, quite good that he's willing to stay here and kind of be a rotation or backup player. I mean, he was sort of the same last season, I guess, but ended up getting loads of uh, loads of games anyway. But it's you know it's it's good that he's. I mean, he kind of came out and said these have been the most enjoyable years of his footballing career so far, and I guess that's the kind of personality you want here, even if he's you know perhaps a, an average championship goalkeeper rather than a superstar or something like that. Is, is that a, was that a surprise to you? Are you happy with that news that Moore's staying? Yeah, well, I actually was surprised. Um, I think we've, you know, we, we've talked about it before just personally between ourselves and I thought that if he had a year left on, on the table that West Brom would come in even though he'd be a, a reserve at West Brom if you will as well for Sam Johnson they could offer him a lot more money. Um, and, and I think Wilder confirmed in the interview there was bids um, I don't think they amounted to a lot of money because he was in the last year of his contract, but there was bids. Mm. Um, and obviously Simon would have been aware of that through his agent and whatnot. So I think it's a really good shot in the arm, actually. Not necessarily, as you say, a, a world beater in the squad and not, not integral to the starting eleven. but I think when me and you discussed last year, him and Blackman, yeah, Blackman got ahead of him eventually, but Simon's a very very solid goalkeeper in the championship. You know, He, he certainly isn't going to be a, a top six rated goalkeeper, but he's also what I'd call kind of the mid mid reign, if you will. He could go to any other club in the mid to lower half of the championship and, and be a good number one um, quite easily. Yeah. And I think that it, more than that, it just shows about the spirit of the team. That's been It has been questioned in pre-season. We've all seen rumours and whatnot on social media about this and that. You can't question the spirit of them guys when you see them play and when you see people like Simon Moore saying, these have been the best years of my life and I, and I want to stay even though I might have to fight for my spot. You know, what a guy to have around the team and what a guy to have in the dressing room. Someone who 
really wants to be at the club because he wants to be there. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, good news. Uh, I mean, we can talk a little bit more about United in a sec when we come on to uh, table prediction. But, um, yeah, I think with a few, if we can get a few more additions in in the next 10 days or so or with the loan window as well, um, then, yeah, we, we could be in for an exciting season, I think. Um, all right, do you want to attempt to predict the Championship League table for 2018-19? Are you ready? I, I am, but this is so hard. This is I, I really hard. You, I don't know how you found this when you tried to do your own. I wrote my own down, and my God, this is difficult. I tried not to overthink it on the basis that it's going to be completely wrong whatever I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but you know, I, I looked at the bookies' odds and, and used that to kind of inform my some of my decisions, although admittedly, you know, that there'll be some uh, some weighting there towards the teams that have a, a bigger fan base or have just got relegated for the Premier League. That You know, there'll be lots of sort of casual punters slapping down the cash on them. But, um, yeah, so I, I think the way we're going to do this is uh, a bit like a, a bit like an American draft where we go position by position and each of us take it in turn to pick a team so you know you pick the 24th team i'll pick the 23rd team and obviously as we name one team it then gets removed and we sort of move up a notch that way uh, and we'll give a little bit of information about um why we've decided to go with that particular team so yeah let, let's get started then you, you can have the honors mate of uh, of telling me who is oh. going to finish dead last in the championship this year I mean, to annoy some fans of a club that may never listen to this. <laughs> We're going to um, annoy a lot of fans of other clubs during uh, this if they do listen to it. So let's do it. Bottom of the league. I, I have gone um, for Wigan Athletic to finish bottom of the league. Interesting. My, my working out, my reasoning for this very briefly, is purely based on their financial problems that seem to be splashed all over the world at the minute. Um, investors get involved they're not getting involved uh, the takeover hasn't happened and if you look at their transfer business it's been loans free transfers and small fees at the minute they're the best player on paper they bought and it's probably Callum McManaman who they used to have but who's got off the face of the earth in the last three years um, I, I don't think that's that good of a side I think Paul Cook's a good manager they have a Will Grigg who's a goal scorer but I don't know it just seems like a bit of an ageing side and I think without additions they could be in trouble Fair enough. I had them slightly higher. Uh, I picked them at 18th, but I mean, some of these would be like much of a muchness, I think. Um, I think they'll do okay. They got 98 points last year. They only lost six games. Uh, I quite like that Lopez from Peterborough when he when I've seen him in the past. I don't know if he'll be a championship standard player, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, I had them a little bit higher. So my the person I, team I actually had bottom, so I will now slot into number 23, uh, is Bolton Wanderers. Um, they were rubbish last season. Uh, I think they're in a mess. Their players are going unpaid. They you know, barely stayed up last season. Um, they brought in Ostuma from Walsall, uh, the Turkish Messi, I think he's sort of known as, who um, I know a lot of United fans constantly want us to sign. He was good in League One, remains to be seen how good he is uh, in the Championship, and they are the second favourites for relegation with the bookies as well. So, yeah, going Bolton in the bottom slot. Uh, yeah, I can see that. I had them as 23, so yeah, I, can, I can see that. Don't forget, they got Clayton Donaldson. They have a chance. Oh, yeah, that's true. Interesting to see how he does. <laughs> All right, who, who do you want to slot in at 22? I'm going to have to slot them in, even though I like them, uh, and I like their manager, Rotherham, I'm going to have to put in here. Um, I apologise to Rotherham fans. I, I just think they're going to, I think they're going to like the quality and the, the, the money, basically, at this level, as per normal, whenever they get to this level. Um, I, I do like, I do like Paul Ward. I did like the way they played last year. They were extremely fit, um, and, and they seemed to really, really battle hard in games in the last half an hour, normally take over a game. But again, looking at the quality of what they bought in, it's not good enough for this league. Um, a lot of players from with lower league experience, but we've not done it before. Interesting signing the other day. They signed Sean, Sean Raggett from Norwich. Um, I live in Lincoln. I know a lot of Lincoln fans rated him very highly when he was there. He's not really kicked on at Norwich, but he's an absolute giant of a centre-half. So set-pieces could be big for them. But yeah, I just, I just think they're going to like the quality when it comes down to it. Yeah, completely agree. I had those in the relegation zone as well. Uh, they finished 17 points off promotion last season in the playoff place, which is a long way 
They were historically terrible last time they were in the championship. And uh, yeah, the bookies have them as the favourite for relegation as well. So there's there's the three relegated teams as we're predicting it then. Wigan, Bolton and Rotherham. So lurking, we're now moving to teams, I guess, who are going to be struggling all season. Might just stay up, but uh, yeah, potentially in for a long season. I don't know whether this one will surprise you or not, but I am going to go with Ipswich in the 21st place. So my prediction here is that they'll kind of realise that they were on to, if not a good thing with Mick McCarthy, then a stable thing, um, and that that may come back to bite them this season. Uh, they've not made any flashy signings. They lost Adam Webster, who's um, a, a good youngish central defender. Uh, it looks like they're going to lose Waghorn to somebody, you would imagine. Uh, I mean, the manager, Hurst, is, is sort of up and coming, did brilliantly with Shrewsbury last year, but I think this is going to be a difficult season for them. And yeah, I've got them as 21st. I, I can see your working. Um, I, I can understand that positioning. I actually like them a little bit higher than that because I, I really rate Hurst. I think Hurst is, uh, I really rate Paul Hurst. I think Paul Hurst is a good, good manager. I think he's got a lot of Chris Wilder about him, in fact. In the way he's rose through the leagues, uh, his Grimsby team were efficient at best, and obviously that Shrewsbury team last year, what an outstanding job he did there. Mm. I like some of their si- I like some of their signings as well. Just briefly, uh, Trevor Chalaber, he's only 18, but on loan from Chelsea. I've watched him for England um, in the under-19s. He's a very good player, uh, and I think Hurst, like Wilder, knows the better uh, League One, League Two players. So they've also signed Quian Edwards from Peterborough, who Sheffield United were linked with um, on numerous kind of sites. He's a really good winger. Very agile, very pacey, as well as Ellis Harrison from Bristol Rovers as well. So I think I think their job is they're going to be extremely pacey, extremely athletic, and run all day, which in this league can get you a lot. Um, mm. So I, I I had them to finish fifteenth, but I can kind of see what you're saying. I think they'll go one way or the other. So. Yeah, fair enough. All right, uh, we are up to twentieth position. Who do you want to slot there? Uh, I've gone for Reading. Yeah, that's fair enough. So. There's some science behind this one slightly. Um, we often point people to the direction of Ben Mayhew and experimental361.com. Um, ben does some fantastic graphics and data visualizations. And one of them that he does that I love is the kind of squad churn graphs. I'm not sure if you've seen these, Ben. Uh, yeah, I have, yeah. Um, yeah, and at the minute, Reading are the same 95% of their squad of last year, which were absolutely dreadful. Yeah. Um, Admittedly, some of this is Yapsam's style, uh, but their creativity is shocking. Their expected goals one of the lowest in the league. Their shot ratio, often in a game, if you take their shots and compare it to the opposition shots, they're in a shot deficit. Um, bookies kill Reading every week, and, and really, when you look at their business, they've done really nothing to solve the creativity issue. Uh, yeah, they signed Mark McNulty. We all know that I think Mark McNulty will not make it at this level. I, I say that, and I will be proven wrong, I'm sure. Mm, but I don't think I'm Mark, not sure you I don't will. Think, I, I'm not sure he's a championship striker um, at all. He'll feed off scraps in the lower leagues, but he, he's not got the all-round game to be a championship striker, and he can't create it for himself, and they haven't got any creativity there. You know, A couple of players like Sonny Aluko are bad, but I, I don't see, with that squad churn being the same as it is, unless they sign some serious creative players in the next week, I think they'll struggle again. Yeah. I think so too. I'm glad you said all that because I didn't have to, and so my wife can just be angry with you instead of uh, instead of me as the resident Reading fan. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think just to kind of uh, add to that, I mean, I think in some respects they were a little bit fortunate to stay up last year, uh, largely due to the presence of some truly shocking teams down at the bottom. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, just going back to uh, Ben Mayhew's graphs and uh, some of the other stuff that got thrown out around yeah, chance creation, expected goals. I mean, they arguably got worse after Stam left. I mean, I, I think it was um, there was this great stat where it was something like after about six games under uh, Clement, they'd had more red cards than shots on target. Which yeah, it's just astonishing. It was sort of three or four reds and about three shots on target, of which one was a penalty or something. So um, yeah, there's very few signings that would get you excited. John O'Shea is another one. Yeah, not feeling that. Um, although it sounds like they may be signing uh, Sam Baldock from um, from Brighton, which I think well, would be a good signing. But I haven't seen that. I didn't I haven't seen that link at all. No, this is Reading Insider knowledge. You see, um, that, that's oh, okay. that, that's the rumor. 
Um, Sam Baldock, who is uh, apparently the brother of George Baldock, which I didn't know either until I looked this up. So there you go. But yeah, I also have Reading uh, having a difficult season. So okay, we're up to we're up to nineteenth, and I am going with Birmingham to have another struggle. Um, yep. I just think they'll stand still. Basically, they finished. Uh, they finished nineteenth last season. Uh, my predicted table, I have them as twentieth. So this is about the right sort of spot. They've not really added anyone apart from some loans that I'm not don't really have any knowledge about. And they were just a poor team last year. I mean, you know, I know they beat us towards the end of the season, beat Fulham in the last game, etc. But yeah, just a poor team. I, I don't really see how they get much better. So yeah, I've got them as uh, the nineteenth place team. Yeah, I actually had them as the 19th place team. Um, cool. Couldn't agree more. Basically, agree with everything you said. They, they've kind of been in a weird position where they've been under a transfer embargo, but without it being properly confirmed. You know, Sky have said they're under one, the next day they're not. Yeah. So they're, basically try, they're basically trying to meet their FFP after Redknapp does what he does and went and spent someone else's money and a lot of it, and it, it didn't go very well. Um, they, they, they've lost Sam Gallagher, obviously, who's gone back off, off loan. He, he wasn't amazing last year, but he was good. Um I think their best creative player is probably Jax Mahomer and uh, Jota, the guy they signed yeah. from Brentford. Jota's a very good player. Um, he certainly can create, but I don't see goals in that team. I just don't see that they've got any. No, I mean, uh, those, those were players that they had last season, and I, I thought I thought then these are two very good players as well. When when Jota moved there from Brentford, I thought, blimey, what's he, you know, uh-huh. th- that's going to transform their season because they struggled basically the entire year, but it, it didn't happen. So, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm I'm glad we agree there. So uh, on to 18th now. So we're starting to get a little bit up the table. These are teams that will probably still have one eye on relegation most of the season, I think. Who have you got here, 18th? Blackburn Rovers. Okay. So I actually like Blackburn. Um, I, I'm not sure I like their manager. <laughs> I think he's failed at this level and above often enough. Um, Remind me who their manager is. I can't actually remember. I think it's Tony Mowbray at this point. Oh, um, yeah. Um, they're a good side. They've got some good players. Bradley Dack, it'll be interesting to see how he does at this level. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of United fans have called him in the past, as I'm sure other championship clubs have. Uh, he's never really done it at this level. He's never really had a chance to, so it will be very interesting. Uh, they've signed Joe Rothall from Oxford, who's a good young player. That kind of John Lundstrom um, type sign from you know, Oxford get these players from the Premier League and, and make them in good lower league players and the, the question persists can they step up mm. the answer will be given but other than that they haven't signed anyone I think they lack pace but Blackburn I think that's their major thing I, I've seen you know you, you see them in the papers it's always a winger or a forward they're linked with and I think they're crying out for pace um, I'm not sure Danny Graham will score goals at this level for example um, yeah you know, I just think they lack serious pace. So if they don't bring in that pace, they could have one eye on relegation, definitely. Yeah, I think so. So you got them as 18th. I had them slightly higher in 15th, but I have a note here saying I might be a little bit high on this one. I think we're starting to get into some teams that are a little bit of a mishmash. I guess there's not, you know, there's not going to be too much between these. Um, yeah, I, I kind of agree. Bradley Dack, I think, was the League One Player of the Year last year. And yeah, yep. we, we obviously know quite a bit about him as well. So interesting to see how it is in the championship. But yeah, I think this kind of lower mid-table is um, is definitely spot on for Blackburn. All right, we're into 17th. We just talked about financial fair play, Harry Redknapp. I'm going with QPR. Um, they yep. just today have been transfer embargoed, I think. Uh, you know, So they may have to offload some of their, their more valuable players. Can we please sign Luke Freeman now? He would be great for us. Um, <laughs> they weren't that good anyway last season. Uh, and yeah, I think it's just going to be a real struggle for them. Uh, I think if they finish, um, if they finish seventeenth, that's the position we're in now. They'll have they'll have done quite well, to be honest. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree completely. Um, I I actually think really I read that embargo because I'm anal like that, so I read stuff like this. <laughs> um, and I actually think it is highly controversial, and it is the best thing that's happened to them. Oh, go um, on. Well. That the fine for what they've caused, so they were they broke FFP with the reason the, the season they went up, uh, and that was what the fine was for. So if you think the current financial fair, fair play regulations that are in, if those rules were been set at the time, it may well have cost them promotion. So they took 140 million pounds away from Derby County, who they beat in the playoff final. Because mm. Bobby Zamora scored the goal, and I think he was on 40 grand a week at the time, which yeah, he shouldn't have been on that wage. Uh, but the fine itself amasses to about. 
it says 40 million, but when you look at what they've paid out, it, it doesn't work out like that. And uh, an embargo until January 19, well, that's fine, but they actually don't have any money worries. They don't owe money because it's all to Tony Fernandez um, mm. and the shareholders. So they actually don't have to offload anyone. All oh, it means they, they can't they can't sign anyone, um, and, and they are a club that do need to, to, to turn around because they've got a new manager, Steve McLaren, so I'm sure he did want some, some squad turnover, but they have enough to stay up with Luke Freeman and, and a couple of others. Uh, Abira Eze, the young guy, he's a really interesting young player. Uh, if you don't know that name, listen out for it. He will be a Premier League player 100%. Say, say the name again. I didn't quite I catch he, it. I think his first name is Ebenezer or Ebere, but it's Eze, so E-Z-E. Um, he, he was in the first team last year towards the end, but he was in and out. Um, kind of like Brooks for us, you know, got introduced and then got taken out. But he'll start most games next year because they can't sign people, and he's a really good player, really good player. So that will uh, that will be one for them to watch out for in the league next year. But I, I agree, they'll be bottom half, but they've got enough to stay up. So Cool. All right, we are up to 16th. Who have you got here? Hull City. Mm-hmm. So I think people's opinion of Adkins probably changed slightly last year, and I'm talking outside of United fan cycle uh, here. Uh, the rest of the league seemed to replenish Adkins' good reputation. He, he came into Hull, which was an absolute mess, if we're being honest. To give him mm. a little bit of credit, it was an absolute catastrophic mess with the board that they have there. And he did do a good job, you know. Uh, he steadied the ship and... and because I thought they were down at one point Hull, and he really did turn them around well. So mm-hmm. I think he did a good job there, but I don't think they, they do enough um, in games. They, they certainly have lost goals in Abel Hernandez over the years. He, he's been good, and, and that's quite a big miss. Noah Dicko is a good player who will score for them. Some good signings. Reece Burke was one I, I know I pointed out in an article. He's a good centre, young centre-half, so that's a good signing. Um, so the one from West Ham? Yes. Yeah. Yep, they got him. For about 1.5 million pounds, which I think mm. will be a snip. I think that'll definitely be a snip. He's a good centre half, and if it so happens that Manchester United sign Harry Maguire, they might well be in for about 15 million pounds. Of course, yeah. So that could be a massive thing for them because if that happens quickly, they will have that money to spend. I'd imagine some of it anyway. So I'm sure Atkins is rubbing his hands at that. But I think they'll struggle overall, but not in danger of relegation. Yeah. That's uh, almost exactly where I had them as well. I think, uh, yeah, I, I had them 17th. You've gone with 16th there. So, uh, yeah, a bit of a late-season surge to get away from relegation where that some of their attacking numbers became very impressive, actually. But, yeah, I'm very. not sure if that's going to carry over into this season or whether it was a bit, you know, just a sort of a, a streak, if you like. So, yeah, that's uh, pretty much where I have them as well. All right, we're up to 15th now. We're probably not quite into the teams that are entertaining thoughts of potentially getting in the playoffs which is usually about half the league but we're getting into that area I guess so 15th I have got Norwich City which is maybe Stop. a little bit of a surprise <laughs> Stop. oh okay good yeah. right okay so this is something I don't understand Norwich City are 20 to 1 to win promotion uh excuse me that's 20 to 1 to win the league with the bookies which um is one of, I think it is, do, 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 do. yeah, that would put them as the seventh favourite, I think, seventh or eighth favourite to win the league. People seem a lot higher on Norwich than than I can quite get my head around. They've signed a fair few players. I mean, they signed Jordan Rhodes from uh, Wednesday on loan, uh, Ben Marshall from Wolves, um, but, but at the same time they've lost James Madison and Josh Murphy as well. Um, which will be huge losses for them, I think. I mean, you know, they've recouped a lot of money from it. I mean, it's I think it's thirty six million in total according to uh, transfermarket dot com. Um, so I mean, the logic is there that they'll they'll use that to reinvest. But then, you know, they had those two players last year, and there was no doubt that they were both very good players. Madison was fantastic, and they still only finished fourteenth. So yeah, I've, I've got them finishing fifteenth. I, I don't quite get the hype about why they would be doing so well and yeah one of the sort of seventh or eighth favorites to to get promoted yeah basically uh, couldn't agree more i don't think they will reinvest much of that at all um i, I have the privilege of working with a norwich and ipswich fan in the same office um very interesting given any given day um but he's a very nor- knowledgeable norwich fan he, he has a friend who was on the board there and it's common knowledge this it's not norwich knowledge it's just simple facts Last year was the last their first year without um, well their last year of financial fair play parachute payments. Um, oh okay. They didn't go up 
they have a, a huge wage bill. They've still got players on huge wages, you know, the, the, the 15 to 25 grand mark, which doesn't sound like a big wage, but when you've got five, it six, really ten is. players, it is, yeah, exactly. You know, when you compare that to the rest of the league, it's a big, big amount. And I don't think much of that will get reinvested. Um, they don't, yeah, Madison was accounting for about 60% of their goals and assists last year. Murphy for the other 20%. Hmm. Nelson Oliveira will go as well the other quality player he will go they all know he is off definitely yeah. um, it's just a case just a case of when and where they've brought in Ben Marshall who was fantastic at Millwall um, that can't be denied so that is a good signing Jordan Rose we can all laugh at what happened at Sheffield Wednesday but quite frankly they didn't play him as he should be I think if Jordan Rose has played as he should be he is a good player yeah, um, I'm with you whether they do or not is another thing Tim Krull they signed Tim Krull goalkeeper they needed a, a new keeper because Angus Gunn uh, went back to City and then promptly got sold to Southampton. But I really feel as though they're bringing in a lot of foreign players, some of whom I, I know from Football Manager, um, <laughs> quite frankly, uh, and some of whom have got high reputations in real life as well. But I'm not seeing a team here that's anywhere near good enough on paper to trouble top 10. No, I don't think so either. Cool. All right, we're up to 14th. Who have you got? Sheffield Wednesday. Okay. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't really know how much we want to spend on this one. Yeah, um, give, give it 10 seconds of why they're going to finish 14th. So they finished 15th last season, so it's a, a, a season of stagnation, basically. Yeah, um, and I, I will, I'm openly honest, one of my best friends, really best friends is Sheffield Wednesday fan, and he's a really good, you know, we can have an unbiased conversation about it. And I think a lot of their more knowledgeable, unbiased fans are along the same opinion. They aren't going to move anywhere this year. They won't go down. They've got too much quality to go down, but they won't go up because they're not they, they're not going to buy anyone. It's as simple as that. They, they are not going to buy anyone because they are right at the limit of financial fair play. I know Blades fans like to think they're in an embargo or they're going to miss FFP. They're not. If you read the documents, Kieran Maguire on the Price of Football website, he's got them all. Obviously, the 1718 accounts haven't been released, but they had enough money to play with. But they're probably within a five million window. So the next big offer they get for a player, it will be that player that goes. That will see them through this season and the three-year cycle. And they will be fine, but they won't sign anyone either. Um, obviously, Forestier is their main player. I won't talk about what happened at Mansfield because that's an ongoing thing. We'll see what happens. It was just live comedy. Um, yeah. But yeah, if he's fit and firing, they are a decent side. I can't see knew who scored at half as many as he did at the back end of last season there's no evidence to suggest that that performance is sustainable yeah I think they're a mid-table team basically yeah no completely the same I'm very slightly higher than in 12th um, yeah haven't signed anybody uh, they've let go of Jack Hunt although he wouldn't have had to play David Brooks again anyway this season as it happens now uh, <laughs> Leuvens has gone Rhodes has gone Wallace has gone I actually think they'll be slightly better, probably improved by letting some of those players go because they were sort of, you know, a little bit of a millstone, I think. Um, but yeah, I don't, yeah, but I don't see any reason to think they'll be a playoff team based on, you know, a run of five or six good results last season when the season was essentially dead. So, yeah, mid-table team, completely agree. Um, next on my list then, so we're up to 13th now, I have Preston North End uh, team. Very similar to us, they finished seventh last year. Much the same squad as last season. They have lost their left back, Greg Cunningham, to Cardiff for four million um, signings. Uh, players I don't really know too much about. There's uh, Ryan Ledson from uh, a midfielder from Oxford, but generally very low cost um, signings. But um, yeah, I thought they overperformed a bit last season, so I expect them to regress to further into mid table last se- uh, this season rather. So yeah, I've got them in thirteenth. Yeah, I'll be brief so so we can get through the table. But I have them in exactly the same position, although my stat side of me is telling me, no, they will, they will be higher. Um, their expected goals performance, goal difference-wise, last year was fantastic. Um, they potentially should have been higher. They are defensively exceptionally solid. They are, they are a very high work rate team. They're very dynamic, very athletic, lots of young players full of energy uh, and some real quality players on the ball. Josh Harrop, the guy they had from Man United, Really good player. Sean Maguire has one of the best expected goals and assists rate in the league per 90. He was injured for four months of last year, so if they have him for a full season, there's a player there. I think perhaps they lack the quality to break into the playoffs when you look at who's in this league this year. I think this is a harder championship this year um, because teams like Sunderland aren't in it, who came down from the Premier League but were exceptionally poor. Um, 
So, you know, I think they're going to like that overall quality, but I, perhaps they, they could be the dark horse and finish a little bit higher, but I had them in 13 too. Fair enough. All right, we're up to 12. Who have you got here? Okay, let me get my list up. I have uh, Swansea, Swansea in 12th. Ooh, okay. So, this is just a hunch. I'm going to be wrong, no doubt, and Swansea will walk the league. Um, <laughs> but there is no business being done at Swansea, really. Um mm. I think they needed a massive squad overhaul from last year. I thought that was an exceptionally poor Premier League team, um, yeah. despite despite Carvalho going there and putting some results together for a while. It, it is it was a poor side, and it was a side that lacked any sort of team dynamic in terms of how it was supposed to play. It was just it was a team that was thrown together. Um, they have a stat guy that is in their recruitment department. He was a very clever stat guy. So. Whether he was just allowed to buy people on a spreadsheet or whether they didn't listen to him, I don't know. But Dan Alvin does know what he's doing. So I have a feeling that someone was buying players there who didn't quite know what they were doing. Um, summer business-wise, they bought Joe Lasorio, the young guy from Sunderland. Very promising young striker who's fast and skillful, but played probably, what, 14, 15 games last year? You know, this is not a signing that Swansea need. They need goals. They don't have a striker who can score goals. It's as simple as that. But they do have Ollie McBurney. Um, mm. That'll be the interesting one. I'm not sure McBurney will fit what was Swansea's style last year. However, as we saw at Barnsley, he is an extremely effective player. So he will stay and play, but they have lost a lot of players and they will lose more. They've lost Fabianski in goal. That's a huge thing because he literally kept them up for yeah. quite a few years and he was exceptionally good. So... I don't know. I like Graham Potter. I like that appointment, but I think they need a stabilising season before going again the year after. So that's why I have them mid-table. Yeah, that makes sense. I got them slightly higher in ninth, but it's it's kind of much of a muchness, really. I mean, I think yeah, uh, the new manager Potter adds a little bit of wild card potential. I think, but yeah, they've offloaded Fabianski as you mentioned, uh, Cal Bartley, uh, Andre Ayew as well. Um, definitely feels the the weakest of the three relegated teams to me. So I will not um, argue with that one. Uh, okay, we're on to eleventh. Uh, I've got Millwall here. Um, I think they've they've kept roughly the same squad. They've at, at time of speaking they have spent zero and recouped zero. Uh, I mean, it could be a few places either way, but you know, in, in sort of true cliche style, uh, style, I expect them to be a, a real pain in the ass to play against, but lack the sort of quality to make a sustained top six run. So basically, like last season when they finished eighth. Yeah, nothing more to add on that. That's that's that is normal. Cool. All right, we're into the top ten. Okay. Uh, so, 10th, I have Sheffield United. Um, okay. So, where we finished last season? I, yes. Um, I, I don't think, and this is, uh, uh, I think the top 10, well, I, th- I sorry, let me caveat that. I think 10th to 6th, maybe even 5th, are, are all much of a muchness and are all dependent on the next week's business um, yep. in terms of transfers. The reason I have Sheffield United 10th at the minute is our goal scoring last year seems unsustainable um, from who did it. Leon Clark's record, he outperformed his expected goals really well and quite frankly that's unsustainable from seasons historical previous. I'd rather have a player who was underperforming expected goals here when he was in the right positions. Um, I think we forget how well he started last year, how many goals he scored and we haven't yet bought someone in who could add that. Um, we play extremely good football box to box. John Egan will hopefully help at the back and hopefully our expected goals against will revert to form which was the best in the league um, or sec- second best in our model but to briefly summarise us I think that we will be a mid-table team pushing the playoffs but we won't have the quality to get in unless we sign it in the next seven days yeah I've uh, I've gone with eighth for United um, you know we were 10th is a little bit misleading last season you know we were it felt like we were closer than that to, the, to being a top team and, you know, we've got another year's experience for players and the manager particularly. Um, so I expect a slight improvement. Uh, Egan should be a big signing. I think if we can get two more first-teamers and a fit Coots, then we should be in for a fun one. But that is quite a few ifs as it stands, as you say. So, yeah, 8th to 10th is definitely definitely the range where I expect us to finish, unless either unless something goes ridiculously wrong, but I, I don't foresee that happening. Or we sign, you know, Waghorn plus... Uh, an attacking midfielder and Coots comes back fit, in which case, yeah, playoff challenge, playoff challenge, excuse me, could be very much on. I think. Um, anything else to add on United before we move on? Uh, not, not from that point of view. Now, 
Cool. All right. Uh, so we're up to ninth now, uh, and this is a team that's quite a bit further down on my list. So I got Bristol City. I actually, I actually had them in thirteenth, but um, we've we've managed to progress up the table without picking them yet. So yeah. I will go Bristol City next then. Uh, Yeah, I felt, again, they sort of overperformed a little bit last season. They've now lost Aidan Flint, who was a very key central defender for them and also chipped in with a a number of goals as well, and and Bobby Reid, who was their top scorer by a mile. Um, That said, they've also signed some decent players with that money. There's uh, Webster, I mentioned earlier, the centre-back from Ipswich, uh, Anders Weiman, the um, attacker from Derby, and, and Mo Isa, who seems to be getting some good press. I can't remember where they've signed him from. Is it Oxford? Or is it Cheltenham. even lower down? Cheltenham. Cheltenham, is it? Um, but yeah. yeah, he looks uh, a potentially sort of exciting wildcard type player. So, yeah, I had them finishing a little bit lower than, than where we're slotting them in here at ninth. But, uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, I, I, had, I actually had them a little bit lower as well. Um, and I just forgot to say them um, as I'm looking <laughs> at my list. <laughs> but I, they, weren't much, they weren't much lower. Um I also, also add to the signing as well. I also like Hakeem Adulkin. They signed from uh, Scunthorpe. Uh, the, the kind of very physical, fast winger as well. He could do well at championship level. I, I just kind of like their dynamic of their team. It's always full of fit, fast players. Um, yes, they've lost Bobby Reid, but Famara Jeju is there and his goals per 90 ratio is as good as Bobby Reid's, if not better. Um, and he's a proper centre forward as well. So maybe if he plays every game, you know, he, he can get the same amount of goals. Yeah, Flint, Flint could be a loss because he, he obviously adds that centre-half option. So, I don't know. I, I think they've got a lot of money in the bank, Bristol City, and they've got a chairman who, who doesn't mind putting in his own money to spend either. So, I think they, they could be in for a big seven days. I have a feeling they'll sign someone quite kind of iconic-ish, you know, for their club. They, yeah. They'll break their chance for a record or something in the next seven days, I have a feeling. So, I, I wouldn't count them out being in the top ten either. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I didn't realise they signed that guy from Scunthorpe, actually. Is it Adela Coon? I yeah, remember, Delacune, yeah. I think I just saw him. I only really saw him in the playoffs on uh, on TV, but uh, yeah, he did look a um, a decent sort of uh, attacking player. So yeah, that seems seems about right to me. So now we're we're getting into the real kind of uh, playoff chase now. So we're up to eighth. Who've you got here? Okay, so I've got Leeds United. Oh, okay. So at the minute, Leeds United are probably not a top ten team. Um, however. If you believe newspaper reports, and one of them is pretty obvious that they are just trying to drive the Vidra fee down, but will sign him. Yeah. Um, I think Vidra is an outstanding championship player, uh, number ten, number nine. He's just brilliant. Everyone knows they're also in the process of signing Barry Douglas, who was the best left back in the league last year. Can't understand why Wolves are selling him because they've got Johnny from Atletico Madrid alone, who's just a Spanish under twenty three great player so I think I think Wolves have just already made that step to being a top 10 Premier League team quite frankly um, so I can understand them offloading the, their, their reserves if you will but yeah Barry Douglas is a quality left back he, he set pieces alone they'll be worth goals next year Leeds Pontus Janssen's great in the air they'll score from set pieces they've obviously got Blackman in on loan we all know he's a good goalkeeper maybe not as good as we thought in terms of stats but he's certainly a very good goalkeeper and they're in for one or two more as well apparently so I'm basing this on the estimation that Leeds will sign some players and I won't even get into the Marcelo Bielsa factor because we haven't got an hour for me to idolise how amazing I love him. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't want to say that about Leeds quite clearly as a United fan. I want to hate Leeds, but Marcelo Bielsa is Bielsa. It's either going to go amazing or he's going to be sacked by September. Yeah, I, I, I think Leeds have the highest sort of potential variation into where they're going to finish next season. I... I ummed and ahed, but I did actually put them in as sixth place as a playoff team. So we were not too far away, but I could see them. Yeah, it, it was, again, purely based on, you know, this kind of speculation about the players that they are going to sign. And, yeah, Vidra and Douglas will be very transformative to them. Um, so, yeah, that makes sense. I think the only other thing to say about Leeds is I'm, I'm very sad to see that my favourite name player, J. Roy Grott, has gone out. <laughs> it's just slightly disappointing, but there you go. All right, we're up to seven. So this is a team that's going to be very disappointed to just miss out on the playoffs this year. Uh, and I'm going to go with Brentford here. So, yeah, my, my actually, I actually had them slightly lower down, but as we've run through this, that's where I'm going to slot them in. Um, so, yeah, they lost, uh, obviously, Egan to us. Uh, I can never pronounce this guy's name, but uh, Joseph Zoon, who has signed for somebody. Is it Stoke? Where's Derby he gone? County. Derby County, thank you. Um 
so yeah, that's two losses for them. Um, and but you know, by all accounts, the sort of blokes that they're signing kind of fit Brentford's pattern of shrewd acquisition. So um, yeah, they're one of the best attacking sides in the league um, on advanced metrics last season. So yeah, I think uh, definitely in this kind of seventh to tenth range, um, but possibly just missing out in the playoffs. But it would be no surprise at all to me if they did actually sneak into the playoffs. Yeah. Um... I was completely spit and almost had to write this down as a, a dual one. Um, I have them higher. I have them making the top six, um, but but that's based on on I think Forest might fail slightly, but we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, uh, if no one knows, I love Brentford's model for obvious reasons, uh, from bias of stats. But it's more than that. They are clever with it as well. They don't just sign a player on a spreadsheet. They they do have good scouting networks. So they've sold Florian Jafruz on for 2.75 million. He was coming into his 28 years old now, so he's kind of lost that prime sale value, if you will. This is his last mm. big move. Even though he was integral to the way they played last year, they've already found Saeed Benarama from Nice in, in the French League One. 1 million euro they've signed him for. Right winger who has the same stat profile as Jofferson on and probably a little bit quicker and has more potential resale value in future. If you look at if you look at their radars, they're basically the same, but better armor is better. Um, you know, in the French Premier League, English Championship, probably equivalent quality, right? Frankly, so this is what Brentford this is what Brentford do. They sell a player for a shed load of profit and sign one for less, and they're as good, if not better. Um, and they've done the same with Egan. You know, this is why Brentford fans and United fans had a bit of banter on. You know, Egan not being a good player or, or being sorry a poor man's kind of Jack O'Connell type thing. It's like upgrade on him. Because they've already signed Esri Conser from Charlton. And if anyone watched League One last year and, and understands that, Esri Conser is a highly rated player through the England youth system. He is a fantastic footballer. He's strong and fast. And he could bring, could, could grow into being a Rolls-Royce in the centre-half and probably be a future England player. And he's playing next to Chris Method, who is you know, a Premier League player now already. So, yeah, yeah, I think Brentford are an extremely good team. They probably just need to convert more of their excellent play. And if they can sign a striker to do so, they are a serious team. Mm. Agreed. All right. Uh, so we're now into the top six. So who, who do you want to put in as the sixth team? Okay, so I've got Forrest the sixth. Okay. Um, I haven't got them a six, but we're going to have to put them a six. Um, where, where did you have them? Eighth. Okay, so you're yeah, quite low on Forest then. Um, yes, yes. Lower than me, anyway. We'll put it like that. Me. Go on, give me, give me your logic. Okay, so you've probably got more Portuguese knowledge than me, which you're going to expand on in a minute. Um, <laughs> but we all know Forest have had an outstanding preseason, an exciting preseason in terms of transfers. So, Chao Calvalho, I have watched clips of. Um, Everyone who's probably played football managers to wear off. Uh, he was one of those wonder kid types. And, you know, if you've watched any under-21 championships, he's been around the Portugal setup for a while. So, 15 million euros, yeah. I'm not sure about that. I don't think this is a Ruben Neves type signing. He was a Champions mm. League player. I don't think Aitor Karanka is a Nuno either. Nuno mm. Santo at Wolves, he is a Champions League manager. So, I think we could count Forrest out of being a Wolves, but they have signed some good players. Lewis Graben. You know, um, I don't think he brings much to overall build-up play, but can clearly score goals. They've retained Jack Holback. Um, I think they're signing him permanently on a free transfer. Bringing in Michael Dawson. I don't think he's the greatest centre-half anymore, but it's good experience. And he's playing next to Tobias Figueiredo, who Forest fans I know rate extremely highly. Um, they signed some good players. Jack Robinson as well, kind of a good squad first-team player. So... I think they've had a really good preseason, and they're probably going to sign one or two more as well, if you believe Karanka. So they're having a go, aren't they? And uh, absolutely, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm giving them the props for that, and I'm giving them a chance as well. Yeah, I, um, I actually had them a second. They were my sort of uh, Whoa, wild, well. slightly, uh, slightly wild pick here, I guess. But um, yeah, it's, it's all, all fun and games in it. So that's a, a 15 place increase for them. But yeah. They signed. Uh, they're obviously going down Wolves' route of signing all the Portuguese players. Um, I have a, a good friend who's a, a Sporting Lisbon fan, or they're not actually called Sporting Lisbon, but you know, for the benefits of 
English audiences, we will go with Sporting Lisbon. It's just Sporting Club Portugal. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's uh, so he's very. He gave some very begrudging praise of Xiao uh, Carvalho, who plays for Benfica, their big rivals. Um, but the fact that he praised him at all suggests that uh, he's, he's probably a pretty good player because he usually just hates all Benfica players like you won't believe. Um, it's interesting you mentioned uh, it's Fig- Figueiredo, isn't it? It was actually on loan from Sporting. Uh, he was very low on him, said he's, uh, you know, pretty rubbish to be honest central defender so it's interesting to hear that forest fans think he's much better i'll have to i'll have to pass that on but um yeah i uh i had them a little bit higher because uh those signings i think lewis graben's a good signing as one of the top scorers in the championship last season they've they've really pushed their chips into the middle they've, they're going all in this year so there may be more signings to come as well i mean the the caveat is i'm not sure how good a manager karanka actually is i i'm pretty sure he won promotion with middlesbrough a few years ago yeah. but yeah. you know then was kind of binned off quite quickly in the premier league um but yeah it's, it's hard for me to imagine that this is going to go badly wrong but uh if it if it does go wrong they're going to be in a real mess if they don't go up but yeah i think uh there we go we've got them slotted in at sixth so uh yeah next team on here then so this is in fifth is middlesbrough um you know, I, I, I'm not. I don't think Middlesbrough are actually that good. I, I predicted them seventh on my table, but we slot them in here at fifth. You know, Aidan Flint is a very good signing for them, but I don't think they were much special last year. Pulis plays in this really, you know, tight defensive way, which which can be successful, but also has a really sort of low margin for error. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually did miss the playoffs. They're a very boring pick for the playoff, I think. Playoffs. Um, but yeah, there we go. They, they, we know we we know they're going to be there or thereabouts, aren't they? If not um, a dominant team in the league. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I, I don't like Middlesbrough either. Uh, their midfield is pretty poor in terms of creativity and thrust. I don't think they've got a lot of uh, dynamism or athleticism in the middle. I don't think they control games, and I certainly don't think they can open you up. Um, they were extremely poor when they played Aston Villa in the playoffs. It's like they mm. froze. But Aidan Flint is a Tony Fuelis sideline. He's He's a, you know, if I'm a Middlesbrough fan, first goal scorer, bet Aidan Flint every week now. Um, yeah. You know, and it, they will score goals from set pieces. They've got goals in the team with a Sombolonga and Bamford. Um, Traore is about to go, I believe, for uh, £80 million to Wolves. That seems as though that link is pretty certain. It's not a newspaper link that's actually happening. Mm. Um, so I would imagine Middlesbrough will go out and buy a little bit more creativity. I believe that's, that's the crack. Um, they have also been linked with Waghorn as well themselves. So... Yeah, I think they, they're always going to be around the top six with Pulis, aren't they? Um, but I think you can write off last year as not a Tony Pulis team. I think he will make them a Tony Pulis team this year, which means they are a solid bet to win 1-0 every single week. All right, we're down to the final four teams now, and it is your turn, mate. Who have you got in fourth place? Um, didn't, didn't have these in fourth place on my table, but how we've figured it out, I will go for Aston Villa. Um, I had them in the top six. It's not not too bad. Um, I think he's one of the one of the sides in the league that basically out of the three or four, I think, who could finish anywhere between sixth to second, if you will. Um, I have a I have a clear idea of who I think will win. Um, I think Villa now the financial issues are looking resolved. Um, no one's really sure what the hell. Well, no one's really sure what the hell FFP is um, after the QPR debacle of recent times. So I, I'm not really sure how that affects them but new owners who are apparently extremely rich um, all of a sudden the club don't have to sell players I think I saw a report saying Grealish said if it's not Spurs he won't go you know, so if he stays that's massive what a, you know, he had a great end to the season um, not sure Steve Bruce is particularly the man but I think they'll probably somehow spend some money um, I've seen links with Snodgrass um, with Onomer as well again from who they had on loan last year there's also talk of, of agents now at play there who are best friends with the chairman kind of Mendes type deals that Wolves had so there's, a, there's going to be a lot going on at Villa in the next week I'd expect but that squad on its own is still a, a really good squad um, it, it lacks firepower without grabbing but there's good players there in good good positions I, I don't think you can get out after Villa out really can you? No, not really. Um, yeah, not too much to add there. I mean, I actually do have a note here that basically says I don't know what is going on with Villa, <laughs> apart from that they've been bought out. So, uh, yeah, maybe they don't have to sell everybody anymore. Managerial uh, sort of situation is pretty unclear. I mean, there were strong rumours to the to the extent where I'm actually surprised that Henri has not taken over there yet, unless I've missed something. It's still Steve Bruce, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bruce, so, yeah. 
I don't know what's going on there. I mean, I didn't think they were that much better than us last season, but obviously their extra quality kind of told over the, the 46 games. So, um, yeah, I'm uh, pretty comfortable with them up that high. So uh, this next team, and we're now going to slot them into third place, which in the format that we've done this feels a little bit off, but let's let's go with it anyway. So the, the team that uh, are going to shake out in third, according to this, Derby County. Now... I ummed and awed on this one as to where to put them. Uh, and I think I initially had them quite a bit lower down. And I thought, no, actually, probably a bit higher. But I think they probably have one of the highest sort of, I think I said wild card kind of potential earlier in the podcast as well about a different team. But they feel like they fall into that possibility. It could be quite a mediocre team or it could be extremely good. You've got, obviously, Lampard's a complete unknown uh, when it comes to club management. So I don't know how that's going to go out. I do very much like some of their loan signings. Uh, Mason Mount is from Chelsea. Harry Wilson on loan from Liverpool, I believe. And then they also signed um, Jack Marriott from Peterborough as well, the striker who we were kind of, I don't know if we were kind of officially linked with, but it's certainly one that, um, you know, a lot of people, including yourself, have kind of talked about as as being a good player and one that, you know, might have been good for us to sign. So, yeah, I I think it could be, um, it could be a really good season for them, I think. And, you know, it sounds like Vidra might end up sticking around as well, as we kind of heard today with the, with that move apparently um, collapsed as well to Leeds. So, yeah, I'll go Derby in third place. Yeah, I, to be honest, it's really hard to place Derby because of the Lampard factor, but I, I really love their summer business, regardless of whether they should be doing it for FFP or not. I, again, I don't really know what's happening with that. Um, I tend to believe Wilder, where I think there's nine clubs on the brink here if they don't get promoted. Um, but, I think what they lacked last year was pace and dynamism, especially in the forward areas. They've got all the experience in the world at the back. They, they had one of the best defenders. Curtis Davis will always be a very good defender in this league. Um, decent midfield that can knock the ball around. Not sure about the legs in there, but they get all of the ball. Um, and what they didn't have last year was, was just pace and trickery and flair in forward areas. And they've added that with the three people you've talked about there. Mount is an incredible young player. Um, I, I only think the reason he's gone on loan to Derby is quite frankly, because Chelsea's model of, of selling young players on wouldn't sell Mason Mount for less than £25 million. And I'm, I think the area the divisa factor kicks in at some point where you say, well, it was just Holland. Um, but it, it's not like he played for Ajax. He played for Vitesse Arnhem. They're not a big side. Uh, and what he produced, assists, goals, expected goals and assists, was just incredible. He is a talent. Wilson at Hull had one of the best expected goal per night ratings in our whole league last year. Um from his, from his performances and his goals and assists per 90. It was a slight overperformance on his expected numbers, but you expect that from a winger, if you see what I mean. Um, you know, a winger's not supposed to be in those positions all the time, so clearly scored goals that he might not replicate in future, but he was a, a great player as well. And I, I really rate Jack Marriott. I think he's, he's a real outside of the kind of top goal scorer, but he's just full of pace and running. And his shot map is really good as well. He tends to take shots from good areas. Um, but he also... He also takes shots after his own dribbles, so he kind of can create his own chances, which is quite a rare thing in strikers these days. Um, and as you say, you know, if Vidra does stay, then that could be a you know a quartet there of Vidra playing behind Marriott with Wilson and Mount. That's outstanding going forward. That's gold, and they only like gold last year, so I think they've got a real shout. Yeah, it makes me feel better about having them in third place actually, because I felt a bit high before we started talking. There, so <laughs> good, feels good. All right, we're down to the final two teams. So this is. This is the Blades Pod prediction of who is going to get promoted this season. And obviously, there's only two teams left, but I am curious who you're going to put in second place and uh, by default, who is going to win the league. So go for it. Yeah, by default is the best way to phrase this because I have Stoke clear head and shoulder favourites to win the league. Um, so West Bromwich will be in the second for me. Yeah, we it's agree. Not, a lot of this is, this pod has been influenced by summer business, um, which is not the greatest way to, to replicate this. Uh, it's not been statistical or anything. It's just been based on our urges of how we feel the squad's shaping up. I think West Brom's urge really is based on the fact their squad hasn't changed much. Um, and in the last kind of five, six games that Darren Moore had them in charge in the Premier League, they were really good. Mm. They, were, they were back to the old West Brom. They were very tight, hard to beat. They, they ran you down. You know, they, They're good at set pieces and if they replicate that in the championship, they'll be a good side. Um, I think the, the Sky Sports yesterday were putting Solomon Rondon is off to Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that deal, or separate to that deal, Dwight Gale looks like he's off to West Brom. Oh, really? Uh, anyway, 
Yeah, I saw that reported. It's uh, 16 million for Rondon in the release clause, so I don't know if Gale's part of that or separate, but it looks as though that is happening. And if that does happen, Gale is 20, 25 goal a season. I was going to say, I mean, I, you know, I'd, I'd consider if somebody offered me that as a straight swap, as in we'll take Rondon, you take Gale, I'd, I'd give that some serious consideration in the championship. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think Dwight Gale almost guarantees promotion if you've got good players behind him, doesn't he? Um, yeah. if, you know, they lost James McLean to Stoke, but they signed Harvey, Harvey Barnes on mm-hmm. from Leicester. For anyone who doesn't know a lot about Harvey Barnes, I championed this guy so much last year for us. Um, I think he's a great little player, full of flair, full of creativity and, and goals, and he'll do really well in that West Brom side. And they, they signed Sam Johnson as well in the goal from Aston Villa, who. You know, he was on loan there last year and signed him for Manchester United permanently. He's a really good keeper. Yeah, they're a very solid side and they're full of Premier League players, aren't they? So, you know, I can't look past them up to. Yeah, I'm the same. Uh, I, I actually like uh, I like the business they've done in terms of clearing out their squad as well. They sort of um, they kind of purged yeah. a lot of older talent from the team, which is always going to bode well when you've basically had a down season, got relegated. Uh, Johnson, as you say, is on Cal Bartley as well, uh, play central defence. I mean, it's interesting to see how Darren Moore gets on this season because, I mean, he, he pretty much literally couldn't have done any more when he, t- excuse the pun, uh, when he took over um, at the end of last season. I mean, he picked up some amazing results at kind of you know, you know top end Premier League teams. Um, I'll be stunned if they finish any lower than fourth or fifth. To be honest, I, I think that will be a. Yeah, a, a major shock, and yeah, I'm, I'm very comfortable with them here in second place. Automatic promotion straight back up, and that leaves, of course, just one team who uh, we're also now tipping for um, automatic promotion, instant return to the Premier League. Stoke City, uh, Bucky's favourites. They are, uh, yeah, pretty short price to be honest, five to one to uh, to win the league. Um, you know, they've they've invested pretty big over the summer. I, I didn't actually think they were all that bad last season, anyway, relative to some of the other teams. You know, Benikafobi is uh, and, and Tom Ince as well, a proven performance at this level. Rowett's an experienced championship manager. I thought um, Itebo, the uh, Nigerian midfielder, looked very good at the World Cup and was, you know, kind of extremely jealous when the commentators were going, oh, this guy's just signed for Stoke. And here he is, sort of, you know, looking like a star against Argentina. Um, I, I could see them running away with the league simply. Uh, they've, they've shifted on some of their older players. You know, they lost a bit of quality in Shakiri going, but there were kind of questions about his his kind of attitude for the team last season anyway. But, you know, the new signings are all kind of youngish players. I think the average age of the new signings is about 25. And, yeah, I'd be um, I'd be pretty, pretty excited if I was a Stoke fan for this season, to be honest. I'll be very surprised if they don't win the league. I will be beyond stunned if they don't go up automatically. Any... Uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, just mirror both of those thoughts. I think the interesting thing about Stoke is we've put West Brom and Derby quite high up there, Forest quite high up there, but they've had either had quite high squad turnovers or inexperienced managers. Mm. There is caveats with that. You know, on paper, Derby looked like they've got the missing pieces of the puzzle from last year, but then you added an inexperienced manager. Yeah. With Stoke, they've got an experienced side and an experienced football league manager. Um, and quite fairly, Rower has always, for me, outperformed his expectations. I didn't think Derby should have gone up last year. Mm. Um, playoffs, yes, but I didn't think they should have gone up last year. So he, he did exactly what I thought he was going to do, and maybe a little bit more, in fact. Um, uh, the same could be said when he was at Burton. The same can be said when he was at Birmingham. I think Gary Rower, the only thing he doesn't have is a promotion properly on his CV, and this could be the time. Transfer business-wise, they're probably. I would argue they're stronger than the Newcastle team that won the championship a few years back. I, I really do think they are. Yeah. Uh, a, a, a Tebow. So he had one of the highest tackle interceptions and kind of progressive pass ratings in the World Cup, mm. and he's now playing in the championship. And by the way, they signed him for seven million quid. Yeah. That's. I mean, in a mad world of transfer markets we're in, what a piece of business that is. Um, Benikafobi will. Yeah, he's another one, isn't he? Fifteen, twenty goals a season guaranteed. And they, they just, Tom Ince as well is the same as a serial promotion winner and promote championship performer, isn't he? You know, he might not cut it in the Premier League, but 10 mil is a short price to pay to go back up again, isn't it? So, yeah, absolutely. That's just business incoming. That's not to mention Jack Butler's still there. England's, you know, second goalkeeper at the World Cup. Brian Shawcross is still there. Yeah, Joe Allen is still there. You know, he's, he's in Wales International. Mm. Played in the Champions League. For Liverpool. They're just full of, of proper Premier League players and. Yeah, there is no way they won't go up in my eyes. 
Yeah, and I mean, some of those players have still got the kind of Pulis stamp on them as well, aren't they, where you think, I mean, I know it's a bit of a sort of lazy cliche, but occasionally you get teams come down from the Premier League and you look at some of the players and think, you know, are they going <laughs> to, is it going to be, uh, you know, a bit of a harsh lesson suddenly getting yeah. lumps kicked out of you? But these guys are, you know, come from the lower leagues. Some of them have been at Stoke. Yeah. Shawcross has been there for donkey's years. Um, yeah, I, I, they just look perfectly built to run away with the league, I think. So, yeah, it's a good uh, good shout on the Newcastle comparison, actually. Um all right, there, there we have it then. That is the entire league table as predicted in this draft format. So I'll just I'll just quickly run through it. So in reverse order, we have got Wigan in bottom place, then Bolton and Rotherham in the relegation zone. Uh, and then outside of relegation zone, we've got Ipswich, Reading, Birmingham. Then we move into mid-table. We've got Blackburn in 18th, QPR 17th. Then Hull, Norwich, Wednesday 14th, Preston in 13th, Swansea down in 12th by far the... Uh, weakest of the promoted teams by our predictions Millwall in 11th then we've got United in 10th Bristol City 9th Leeds 8th Brentford 7th and then into the playoffs Forest in 6th Borough in 5th Villa 4th Derby 3rd West Brom in the promotion spot in 2nd and Stoke running away with the league which yeah I'm pretty if it was slightly longer odds than 5-1 to one, I'd, I'd recommend people put some money on it but might not be quite well, to be fair even, uh, even at those odds it's probably still worth a uh, with a small flutter, I reckon. All right, mate, there we go. Mammoth effort, all the teams predicted. I think, as we said at the start, I'm sure we'll be very wrong on, on most of these, but uh, I feel pretty comfortable with the, with the Stoke prediction anyway. Any uh, any final thoughts before we finish up? No, just a caveat that me and Ben are not absolutely useless because of the format we've done this in where we pick one team each. It, it probably has thrust some teams further up or down than individually we may have thought they would be. Um, but, but that's the format we've done and it, it was quite interesting to do it that way actually because you have to think when you beat your team disappeared absolutely um, and it makes it a little bit it, different from the standard pick your 24 kind of thing yeah it was really good actually to do it this way I, as with any pre-season predictions they're absolutely useless the league will <laughs> nothing like that come, come August no doubt um, <laughs> I, I think it's safe to say we've got the groupings of certain teams right so I think we've got the mid-table teams right I think we've got the lower half teams what you would expect to roughly be and, and the top six to eight as well where people seem to be looking and where their interest and money is going. So, yeah, let's all see. It starts Friday night and the Blades on Saturday evening. So, exciting times. I know. Cannot wait. Properly uh, counting down to kick off now. All right, mate. Thanks very much for giving up your time over uh, over a couple of days. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll speak soon. Thank you, guys. Take care. Cheers, Bob. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.